Welcome to the On Target Living Podcast, a place where health and human performance meet. All right. How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Books to Business Podcast. Today, we are here with Chris Johnson from On Target Living and uh, super excited to have this conversation to learn about ways to improve your health and your lifestyle. Uh, Chris, good to have you, man. Hey, happy to be here. Absolutely. Looking forward to talking with you guys. So maybe um, we can start with a little bit about your journey and in, in how you got to this point, um, at, at what point you made the transition and sort of changed your habits and went all in on the, the, the healthy approach to living. Well, I think we all have these journeys. Um, growing up, I grew up in Michigan. I'm here today. And I had amazing parents growing up. But like many people in my era, I'll be 63 years old in the fall that raised by wolves. So I wasn't very, I wasn't a healthy eater. I grew up on beefaroni and SpaghettiOs and, and I had bad skin. I had uh, a poor immune system for about 15 years of my life. And the doctors gave me oral meds and topical creams, but nothing seemed to work. Your son just has sensitive skin. But when I changed when I was eating, I was a, went to Western Michigan as a business economics major. And I had a professor there that kind of turned me on to food and how what we eat really controls so many things in our life, including our health. So when I started eating better, my skin got better. And then I thought, well, I need to take it to another level. So I went to grad school at Michigan State in exercise physiology. And then I, uh, you know, slowly went out in the world and I worked at a hospital for a few years, a private practice uh, physician for a couple of years. And then I went to work for the, one of the largest health clubs in the world, the Michigan Athletic Club. And I was the fitness director there for almost 18 years, developing one of the largest personal training programs in the world. And that's when I started speaking and writing and, and then corporate America came calling. And then I developed a company called On Target Living in 2006. And then today we're based in Michigan and we have three speakers, both my son and my daughter in the business. And we have a nice team and we help organizations kind of work on their greatest asset, which is their, their people's health. So that's kind of the journey and I've been doing this for a long time, over th- close to 35 years. So it's not like something I just started yesterday. Yeah, you look at a company, right? We had a conversation about this earlier about the greatest asset of the company would typically be, they would say they're people, right? They got their eye on the ball. And then the, the balance of their life balance, you see a lot of toxicity in people's uh, work life now. And it's not, a lot of it's coming out with the, you know, being home. You know, life's different now. Sure. Some people aren't adjusting as well as others, uh, but it's a big eye-opener on, on how you live uh, each day because your routines have all been blown up, right? Your daily gym, you know, people that couldn't go to the gym. So how are you seeing people, I mean, maybe we'd speak to that for a few minutes. How are you seeing people adjusting, those that were doing well, to routines and, and, and those? Well, I think, yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things you're asking, you know, the greatest asset of any organization, everybody unanimously says it's, it's our people. And then if I ask the second question, well, what's the greatest asset of your people? I don't really usually get that same, you know, conviction, which is their health. And so when you think of what we're going through right now, our business has just exploded from our virtual trainings due to it's on everybody's mind. We're out of our rhythms. You know, there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, your immune system and stress and mental health and physical health and the list goes on. So it's a huge topic right now. And we've been very grateful that our business, again, we can't do any live speaking events, but the virtual, I think we've done over 110 
webinars since beginning of April. So it's drastically changed in our space. But what we're realizing that is people, uh, when they don't have their health, they're really starting to, I think there's going to create a lot of awareness out of coming out of this. So I think many good things can come out of this. And one of them is, is that awareness and your greatest asset is your health. So on, on that very same idea, right? Because I, I've heard you say, I think the industry has like a 97% failure rate yeah. and, and it's just, it's very difficult to make that change. And something that it's a topic that's, you know, we, we've talked about a few times and translates to this well, like you mentioned extrinsic motivation is a big reason for some of that failure. It's got to be intrinsic. It's got to be, you have to want it, you know, mm -hmm. to, to make it happen. And how would you, uh, I guess, help someone come to that conclusion or what advice would you give for someone that knows they want to change, right? But that they're having, uh, having trouble making the jump. Well, I think back in the day when I first got into the personal training arena, we had a very large personal training program. You know, we were a lot, of, we were all about information, you know, so much information out there today and it's, it's overwhelming. People are so confused, whether it's the paleo or the keto or whatever it might be, you know, medications, talk to your doctor, blood work, it's just an overarching, overwhelming, you know, array of information. So what you really have to understand is tap into, you know, emotion. And when you can get tapping into emotion, again, you know, focus creates that. So when people started creating this a little bit more emotion of why they want to do it, and then you teach them basic, simple habits that they can do one step at a time, that's when you start really creating the power. And then what, what we always talk about is, you know, you know, Victor Frankl said it's best. It's not always about the ending of the journey. It's the, the journey itself. Mm -hmm. And I think when people start enjoying what they're doing, now you got them. Now they get momentum. They like the process. And now they're not doing it because they have to. They're doing it because they want to. And I think that's where people, if you ask anybody, again, I've been doing this my whole life. If you ask anybody, how do they make it? They started with usually some type of emotion. It really elevated. And then from there, they started building these little things called habits. And then the next thing you know, they're drinking more water and they're, you know, moving their body 10 minutes a day. And, you know, the list goes on. So it's nothing really earth shattering. It's these, everybody has them. It's just, how do you break the chain of habits? In fact, you know, we're talking a lot about that right now in our webinars is how do you get, how do you get out of your funk? I think I've heard, you know, we have 70,000 thoughts a day and we repeat those same 70,000 thoughts every day, which is again, no wonder we're not changing. So I, I like what you're saying. Extrinsic motivation is really the magic. Yeah, the, uh, the the negative. I'm sorry, intrinsic, <laughs> extrinsic. The, the beginning, yeah. the intrinsic is the magic. Yeah, we interviewed Victor Frankel's grandson uh, a few weeks ago, and he talked about um, suffering and, and and what Victor talked about with suffering and that journey, then finding the meaning in the suffering and the captivity. So, a lot of people like you are struggling with the uh, complexion problems from a bad diet and you figured out what one thing that worked, changing it, and all of a sudden, what the world was telling you to do wasn't what you're supposed to do. You tried something else. You know, you listened to your body and got a breakthrough. Uh, well, I think, I think that's what's so intriguing about Viktor Frankl's book, you know, Man's Search for Meaning, is that it's not about arriving. It's about the, the journey, the mm -hmm. struggle. I remember when I ruptured my patella tendon in 2000 playing basketball. It was the worst injury that you could imagine um, for your knee, and it really upset my life. I mean, I was out of work for almost three months. I was bedridden for 14 days. My life was upside down. But if I look back on that, what's one of the greatest things that ever happened to me? 
and I realized what people are going through. I learned, you know, I couldn't take a shower for almost two weeks. Um, I was constipated. I, I, I was very vulnerable. Um, and you learn, you learn what people are going through and the struggles. Mm. So I think that's, we can really take a lot out of what we're going through today and the struggles we're going through. But I think for most people, when you ever ask them, they, they would replace that or, you know, the struggle they've ever gone through. That's, that's the power. That's kind of the, what's, what's really something that changed their life. I think people are also, you know, as they're, as they're, as they're suffering in some way, they don't have, like you said, the diet industries created a 97% value rate uh, because every single diet is fueled by someone changing from their old diet to their new diet and paying for their, their system. But what I like that you laid out was the, the simplicity of the pyramid, the health and performance pyramid, and the, and the target, the food target. Because we were, we were going through your food target, uh, the, the keep away and the red and then the green. It's like we're, what, we're, we, we think we eat pretty well, too. And there's a lot of foods that kind of wandered into our lives. I think that might be through misinformation. Well, I think Eddie was beating himself up a little bit about that, but you, there's no need to beat yourself up. The reason I designed the food target years ago is that in this large health club, we had about 10,000 members. And as you just mentioned, the diet industry, there's something new comes on the market. I think there's 46,000 diet books on the market today with a, with a high failure rate. But, you know, everybody's on a diet. And so I knew I've competed in bodybuilding since 1985. And I knew the way to lose weight was not based on calories or some type of decreasing some form of a macronutrient like a carb or protein or fat it's really about improving the quality and the patterns of how you eat mm -hmm. and that's really how why i designed the food target it's based on making incremental steps towards the center of the target that any second or third grader can understand so that's really where we get so sideways on eating this or that it really gets back to eating a, a healthy balance of good carbs, proteins, and fats, and improving the quality. And if you do that, then the body starts to heal itself from the inside out, and then everything else goes with that, including your health, starts to soar. See, that's what I found so amazing, right, is that, I mean, you've alluded to this, and actually, Terry, you mentioned this in the past before, too. It's like a lot of the things, like for me, headaches, for example, there are things that you treat the symptom and you don't realize, at least for me, right, it's like, no, if you change your diet and you change some of the things that you think would have no correlation to some of the physiological issues you have, you do see the, those problems kind of resolve themselves. Like, I've seen it in certain ways with running and, like I said, the headaches being one thing because I've had to continually test what I eat. But um, it's, it's an amazing point, and it's, it's, it will help people realize how important eating is. Um, because a well, lot of their issues can be resolved. Yeah, and I think food is many things, as we all know. It's love. It's social. I mean, we've noticed that, obviously, since we've been going through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's so social. But food is medicine. You know, food is information. And so if somebody is having headaches, they're probably deficient in the mineral magnesium. And so you say, okay, you know, what foods are high in magnesium? Or maybe taking the Epsom salt bath. Or let's just say I'm having problems with, uh, you know, staying asleep. You know, again, it could be back to magnesium. If I'm having problems with my immune system, maybe you're deficient in vitamin C, like eating an orange or uh, selenium and zinc, like Brazil nuts or pumpkin seeds. So we have to understand the power of food and how food is medicine. But we're not taught this stuff. You know, we're taught food is food. Well, food's not food. Food's information. And what we, while we feed the information, whether it's cholesterol, um, 
type two diabetes or, you know, whatever it might be, then you see these major transformations. And that's what I've witnessed in my career is just incredible transformations with people when they started understanding the power of what they eat and how it affects this every, pretty much every aspect of their health. You had talked about some oils in, uh, I saw a couple of your speeches too online. Uh, the oil, the omega, is it the omega oil that is deficient? That what is the, What's the one thing? I mean, here's my question. What's the one like massively deficient part of the typical American's daily diet? Yeah, Terry, that's a great question. So when we used to do our webinars, you know, we talk about nutrition 101 and really it gets down to what, what are people lacking? Mm-hmm. You know, what are they missing? And the second question usually is, what are they not absorbing? So just because I'm taking a supplement does not mean I'm, I'm, I'm absorbing that supplement. And so when you first go to lacking, and again, back to the food target, if you, if you can get eat, people to eat more foods in balance, they're, la- they're lacking very little. You know, when people start cutting out breakfast and they never eat an ancient grain like an oatmeal again, they're probably deficient in B vitamins. If they're cutting out, you know, fruits almost impossible to have a healthy immune system and so when you think about what most people are missing most people are missing omega-3 fats i think the statistic Mm -hmm. last that we saw is 97 percent of the american population is deficient in omega-3 fats so what does that do well that's brain health that's heart health that's a natural anti-inflammatory that's great for your hormones so when, when we start talking about it you get people excited like hey you know cod liver oil cod liver oil is high in vitamin d3 naturally high in vitamin A and E, but it's also high in this thing called DHA, which is this powerful omega-3 fat. So again, you know, when we, we bring it to our events and we show it to people, you know, they're all like, I'm not taking that because they're afraid of the taste. <laughs> but then we talk about the benefits of it and then they get it, they get to try it at the end of the event. And they're all saying the same thing. Well, that doesn't taste like anything. It tastes like a little lemon drop. And now you got them. So now they've experienced the taste but now here comes the results. And so that's what most people are missing. Most people are also missing some form of chlorophyll, which is green. So when we get people to drink more water, consume an omega-3 fat like cod liver oil, flax, or chia, and then consume some form of chlorophyll, which is greens like kale, spinach, broccoli. And what we really promote is like spirulina, chlorella, which is a freshwater algae or wheatgrass. Now they're picking up speed very quickly. And so we learned over the years that how do we help people kind of speed up this process Hmm. and one of the things we really promote is this thing called the source where does it come from so the closer it gets to the source you can't really go wrong so now we're making it simple for people they're like okay mean i don't have to take a vitamin c no eat an orange or put a lemon in your water what about selenium and zinc do i need to take that for my immune system no just eat a brazil nut or pumpkin seed so you can see how this starts to go Mm -hmm. and now it's you're getting people to not be lacking nutrients they're just now covering a lot more ground and having greater balance. And now the body's healthier. You talk about absorbing, like I take vitamins. You know, my doctor has directed me to take some vitamins. Um, it, is that, I mean, that's, I mean, we're, we're such a culture of taking a pill to make something go away. Uh, sounds like that's maybe not the necessarily the best way to do it. Well, again, when we answer questions, you know, at our events or during our webinars, you know, we really come back to the source. So it's not what we're, it's not always what we're eating, it's what we're absorbing. Mm. And so people can take a multivitamin, they can take a probiotic, they can take a baby aspirin, but it's not the source. So if you can get people to understand the source, 
then the need for a lot of these supplements starts to disappear. They're like, oh, really? I don't have to take that vitamin D3? No, the highest source of vitamin D3 in the world is sunlight and cod liver oil, if it's the processed correctly cod liver oil. So that's now you're getting people to understand that, hey, I don't have to take this chemistry set. And remember, food is not ideally supposed to be consumed in isolation. You know, Hippocrates said this back in 465 BC that the body is, you know, not in isolation. The body is one. And the same thing goes with food. We try to, if you can get people to consume nutrients, not in isolation, that's the power. So I don't really recommend for any of our clients to take calcium supplements or vitamin D3 or vitamin C when they can just eat a food that their body's going to use and absorb. And generally the price is a lot lower. See, even that <clears throat> I think is is huge for a lot of people because there's a big misconception. So the focus on making sure you're absorbing and, and really focusing on the things that you're not taking in. I know it seems simple, but like my thought process is always like, oh man, I shouldn't be eating this. And it's always like, what shouldn't I be taking in versus holistically, dude, what are you lacking? Um, and I think that on the surface, that helps people kind of rethink about, um, you know, their, their, their diet. Well, Eddie, I loved what you just said because that is just gold, what you just said. So remember that that question. So here's where we go after it. Let's quit playing defense. Let's quit focusing on what I shouldn't be eating. Let's focus on what we should be eating. It's the same thing when you think of medicine. You know, we're doing social distancing and keeping our hands clean. That's Mm -hmm. fantastic, but that's defensive medicine. Offensive medicine would be really focusing on how do I rejuvenate my immune system? And the same thing goes with what you're talking about with eating foods, good or bad or indifferent. Really, I try to get people, I don't care what you're doing. Let's start adding some of these healthy things to your world. And what happens slowly over time, back to the intrinsic, extrinsic motivation, you start slowly pushing things out of your diet because you like how you're feeling. So I'm not telling you you need to quit drinking alcohol or soda pop or eating a bunch of junk food i'm just going to add a couple things to you and the next thing you know you're like hmm i actually feel better maybe i don't want to do this and now you now they're bent now they're moving in a direction where it's their process not yours and that's really where the the power now they got the power so I love what you just asked that's a that that teed it up very easy for me adding adding it's interesting Adding. It's not a, it's not not like a takeaway. Adding. People love, if, if, you know, I always say this, if I walk to any live event or even virtual events and I said, okay, today, everybody, no alcohol, no caffeine, (laughs) no chocolate, they'd be run for the hills. I don't even go down that path. I don't even have to say it. Right. What I want to say is like, let's play offense. Let's add a few things to your world. You know, simple as are you drinking water? Are you adding a lemon to your water? Hmm, what's that do? Well, it makes your body more alkaline, helps your digestion, it's natural, you know, probiotics. So that's the simple method I've learned over the years is how do you make it easy for people to transition and develop, develop these habits that they love? Because when you start taking things out of people's world, now they feel deprived. Yeah. And that doesn't work. The three of us have talked a lot about that, like sitting down for, for lunch and stuff, how, you know, these things tie together and how like, you know, me as a runner, it's like, 
I go through these peaks and valleys, like in all transparency, where it's like you're working out, you're feeling good to your point and you want to eat better. And then I'd have an issue where I'd, you know, usually it's my hamstring put me out for a month, month and a half. And then it's like, well, why eat well? You know, and you start rationalizing and it's like, it's, I, I really think that's a powerful thing where you have equilibrium and when you're feeling good in those three pillars, it, it carries over. Um, so that really, well, and I think everybody, you know, everybody, everybody goes up and down. There's no such thing. If you played any sport or life in general, we all have ups and downs. The key is how do you develop some habits? You don't give up. Mm. So even though you, you hurt your hamstring, you know, you're still taking your cod liver in the morning. You're still drinking water. You're still stretching. You're still trying to get good to sleep. You're still doing basic things to keep the human body healthy and help you recover. And then you can get a little bit more specific planning a little more offense, maybe in the future, you're going to do a little bit more work on your suppleness. You know, as a runner, are you as supple as you want to be? Well, for me personally, that's an area that I spent a lot of time that I never used to is that work on my suppleness. So because I don't want to hurt my hamstring or tear my calf muscle or whatever it might be. So I think that's the thing. And, and, and it's an awareness. So if you said, okay, Eddie, I, I'm hurt my hamstring then maybe how, you know, as you age, because again, we, as we all age, you're just starting to pay a little more attention on your, your workout that maybe just running is not the only thing you're doing. You're working on some things that create a little bit more balance specifically to what you want to accomplish. So that's where I think people, and we all get sideways, you know, we all go up and down, but really are we, I don't mind if people get out of their seat. I just don't want to get them off the bus. Right. We talk about the bus a lot. Yeah. And the bus, right, uh, to Jim Collins' book, which is here, Good to Great, talks about the bus and the people that are, you're around and the associations you have. Uh, I'm sure I have a big influence on your behaviors. Um, I'm glad you touched on alcohol because that's a big, you know, it's obviously unhealthy. Um, but when you tell someone that's drinking too much to not drink, that you'll make an enemy rather quickly. You tell them to, uh, you know, add water. Um, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, and I think I don't think anybody wants to be told what they shouldn't be doing. Right. I really don't. And so, you know, that's the thing I look at sometimes, whether it's your kids or family members or friends, mm. is, you know, nobody wants to hear somebody preach to you. What they want, what I notice, and we all notice this, is people are watching. So if you're just doing it, and then they ask a question, like right. Eddie just asked a great question earlier, then you say, okay, if, but if they're not curious at all, then that's okay. You know, you love them and, you know, all the stuff that goes with it. But really that create that awareness. Well, tell me, Eddie, you know, what's your running look like? You know, when you hurt your hamstring, how did you hurt it? You know, that now we're getting in, we're getting in the direction that I think people want. And I, but, but preaching and telling people what they can't do. I, I've learned over 20,000 hours of personal training doesn't work you know thousands of hours on a stage speaking really what works is what they when the light bulb goes off for them and say okay maybe just maybe i need to do a few things differently because i want to move in this direction in the future you know i always tell people how do you create a better future and now they're saying hmm, never thought about creating a better future right whether it's financially physically emotionally whatever we all have our struggles yeah, you. But when you start to get people to create a better future, they kind of get excited about that, and that's what I loved about Jim Collins's 
good to great. I use the three circles all the time. I use right. so many different teachings in that book. Yeah. You had the, uh, I love how you tied in Maslow's hierarchy of need to, to someone's uh, journey with health, you know, that self-actualization. Um, but you, there, you also address some non-eating, non-nutrition habits and activities that are helpful in your book, in your, in your, um, one thing in particular, Steve and I were talking about was the white space, I think you called it. Yeah, one of the things we, we've learned a long time ago is, you know, a lot of people are very interested in the nutrition piece, but fundamentally, it's how you rest, how you eat, and how you move. And that's really our mantra at Ontario Living is the foundational pillars. Because if you're not sleeping, you know, we talk a lot about breathing. You know, mm-hmm. breathing matters. You know, how you breathe matters. You know, are you breathing through your nose? Are you using your diaphragm? You know, do you have rhythmic breathing? I mean, the list goes on. Because when we get stressed, the first thing that changes is how we breathe. And then we talk about sleep, you know, sleep's never been a higher, you know, problem in the United States today. It's the fastest growing group of medications. So as a society, we're not sleeping well. And then the last piece is is space. And I think during this pandemic, you know, I think we all have a little bit more white space if we choose to have it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think for me, this is going to be some good stuff coming out of this because when people don't have space, they're not going to be healthy. They're not going to be happy. And I think we all love creating that space so a big pillar of what we teach is resting because if you're not resting you're not going to have we we talk a lot about rest and digest you cannot have uh an if you have an imbalanced nervous system you cannot have a strong immune system and people don't really understand that i'm like well if you're stressed you don't digest so that's why when people have you know we're talking about stress today and strategies to help calm the mind or you know the body itself that's a big pillar and the other pillar is you know movement you know how to get people to change their mindset about movement because about 20 percent of our population moves their body regularly the other 80 percent does not and we know it's so magical but we just don't do it what role does napping have in the resting well, I think napping is a fantastic way yeah. to recover. Yeah. And so when we think about, you know, we teach micro breaks, medium breaks, and macro breaks. Mm-hmm. And during the day, when you find, especially going on right now, I mean, I think everybody's Zoom fatigued and the list goes on, but we're not getting enough breaks. Right. If you're not getting enough breaks, it doesn't allow the body to recover. Mm-hmm. You know, we always talk about testosterone as the number one predictor of how you're aging. So for your listeners out there, Next time they get to get a blood test, you need to know your testosterone level. It doesn't matter what age you are. But what we find all the time is low, especially in the, some of the services industries we work with, the testosterone levels are so low, and it's directly because they don't get enough rest. So they're all interested in CrossFit and you know really working hard and eating right and doing all that stuff. But reality is, and I look at their blood tests, I'm like, wait a minute. You don't have any space in your life. You're not sleeping very good, are you? You know, then they're like, no. I said, do you ever take a nap? I don't even, I I can't even imagine taking a nap. That's like weakness. (laughs) I can't imagine. Wait. But reality is, I think, you know, imagine if you took a five minute, you know, close your eyes, worked on your breathing or a 10 minute nap or whatever. So I think all that stuff, we can learn from so many other countries around the world Mm. and, and taking these breaks. I remember going to Italy years ago and it's the middle of the day and i'm like where is everybody yeah. all the shops are closed and like well 
they're off between one and five. What do you mean they're off between one and five? What are they doing? Well, they're eating and they're taking a nap. <laughs> I thought to myself, I need to come back and live in Italy. So doesn't sound anyway, bad, we huh? need to have more of those breaks and be not feel like it's a badge of honor not to have this recovery because recovery really helps you perform at a high level. Just the fact that you can tell that or paint that picture from a blood test is pretty incredible. The, the, uh, it's like, wow. Yeah, because the Romans, as I studied naps, we're the only mammals that don't nap. I nap every day. And the Romans, it was kind of a Roman thing. I think they called it the, the word siesta comes from, I think, six or 16th hour, which is they just shut down and sleep to, to let the body recover. And that's long gone. Like the, 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 the idea of oh. having, having a nap. Um, yeah, Terry, one of the things we did years ago, our trainers were getting really burned out at our large health club. And so I just like, okay, how would we help them? And they had no space to go to recover. No matter where they were, people were pulling at them. Mm-hmm. So underneath the stairwell, we, connect, we created six nap spaces. Yeah. And you would sign up every half hour. And so, and you could exit and enter in two different directions. And there really was just basically some very, very, you know, dim light, but there was, you know, uh, mats and blankets and pillows. And every one of our trainers said it was the best thing that we ever could have done to help these people recover during their day. Mm-hmm. This is what you're going to see more in corporate America. You're going to see these places to go and recover where you have just complete shutdown of noise and a way to get away. And because we know our world is speeding up and people are getting crushed. Mm. And if you want to have a better workforce, can you imagine if they said everybody today, you have to take a half hour nap, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> everybody. And, and again, some of the type A personalities we've worked with at training in our headquarters, it's in, they're almost like their skin's crawling when we have them work on their breathing and close their eyes and they can't do it. Right. Well then it tells them the nervous system's completely out of whack. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that was <clears throat> when I was in the corporate environment, that was really frowned upon, like from from the people entry level all the way to the city. And it's not that they said don't do it, but you're right. It was like a badge of honor. Like, yeah, I sleep four hours a night or like, you know, I pulled an all night or working on this. And it's like, wow, I'm right. not sure what yeah, I was working with. with a, yeah, I was working with a, a, a very high level administrator in this large hospital. And he truthfully looked me in the eye and said, yeah, I sleep, you know five hours a night and I work 70 hours and I'm like, you like that? <laughs> well, that you know, it's kind of necessary. I'm like, already in his mind, that was, that was his reality. That's what he truly believed mm. in reality. You know, LeBron James said it best, the greatest performance enhancement drug on the planet is eight hours of sleep. Mm. So if LeBron James is paying his trainer $1.5 million to help him understand why sleep's so important. I think that hospital executive is missing the mark. Right. Yeah, you know, the the meditative uh, component. I I, I got uh, connected with yoga in up in Jacksonville, which is a very meditative world for yoga. And I got down here to Miami, and I started going to hot yoga, which is really. I mean, Eddie and I went for a little it's like while. Body circuits. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was good, but I, I I missed out on that stillness of the meditative. You know, the end of yoga when you you have that settled down part to to think and reflect. Uh, so I'm going to try to reconnect with what I think that is, you know, my daughter is our yoga guru. And I mm-hmm. think that's when you really get into, you know, yoga is really, I mean, everybody does in the United States, we do yoga movements, Yeah. but the busy, big missing link when I've really started taking yoga a while back is I always miss the breathing component. Mm-hmm. 
And then as I learned more and more about the breathing, we had a great mentor along the way, Dr. Phil Nuremberg out of Scranton, Pennsylvania, and really talked the power of breath and how it, you know, it's calming the mind and the body and everything else goes with the movement. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, doing some of these things out there, when you engage the breath, like I really challenge some of my clients, like when you're working out, I want you to breathe only through your nose. And when they start breathing only through their nose when they're working out, they're going to realize the intensity of their workout. And then again, they're going to have to be at a certain level. They're going to breathe through the mouth, their ears and their nose, everything they can, they can. But just that little awareness during movements of your breath is, is so powerful. Hmm. But most people are not even aware. I mean, the average person in the United States breathes 18 breaths per minute. In reality, everybody should be breathing simply 10 breaths or less per minute. And if you can change that simple thought, everybody that comes in and trains with us, the first thing we do is we measure their breath and they're like, and and then you teach them how to breathe. And they're like, wow, this is incredible how this helps me recover during my day and Mm -hmm. helps my mind. And oh, by the way, I'm, you know, having less stress hormones racing through my body (laughs) and all the stuff that goes with that. Wow. I never heard that statistic. I would either. That's that's interesting. 18 breaths. Isn't that crazy? Double. Yeah. Fast paced. Because life. your breath and your breathing go hand in hand. So I was doing a colonoscopy without getting the details to you, but <laughs> I did this about six months ago and I went in there and I was working on my breath because they got the blood pressure cuff hooked up to you and they got the, mm. you know, your, your resting heart rate and everything else. And so the nurse comes in and my wife's sitting there with me and she's the nurse says, Hey, do you know your resting heart rates at 40? I said, yeah. She goes, because I came in, my resting heart rate's pretty low. It's around 46 to 47. Right. And she said, but I was working on my breath. And as my breath, you know, slowed down, so did my heart rate. And she and we had this amazing dialogue just before I was getting my colonoscopy. She says, So now no, I'm not stressed about my colonoscopy. I'm just, it's, you know, but that's how powerful breath is. And if you can get people to learn these basic things. Next thing you know, they have better, you know, we talk about lung capacity and how to quiet the mind and improve digestion and all the stuff that goes with it. So let's say taking, you know, all these these basics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the three pillars, resting, eating, movement. Um, other than reading this book, which I'd strongly recommend, right, for, for our folks and our listeners that are, are trying to, you know, become more health conscious, what's one thing or, or, you know, maybe the biggest piece of advice you could give to say, all right, guys, you know, let's, let's start today. This will get the, the, the train moving. Well, again, I think, Eddie, you're asking the magic question because that's what everybody wants to know off of after a, a webinar or seminar is like, mm-hmm. tell me the one thing. Right. Well, under the resting, eating, and moving pillar, just take one thing under each one. So maybe you want to start being more aware of how you breathe. Mm-hmm. That's it. And you practice that because it's a practice. Everybody wants that pill. None of this comes in a pill, never will. <laughs> and then maybe you start with, are you truly drinking enough water? And, the, and then the last but not least, what we always talk about is, are you moving your body for 10 minutes every day? And if you can start building on those pillars, Mm. then you go back and say, okay, now I'm working on my breath. Now, how can I ramp up the breath? Like Terry's talking about now in yoga, now I'm going to learn even a little bit more about breathing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn about a little bit about, you know, using the nostrils. You know, the nostrils are a switchboard for the nervous system. Well, 
you don't want to get people confused about that. Just pay attention to your breathing. Mm. But as time goes on, they're going to get better about this. And then they're going to start using their diaphragm. And then under the, the water, maybe they start adding a lemon to their water. And under the movement, maybe they're going to do a couple stretches. So you can see that how this starts to grow and build. Mm. And so that's really what my, my is basically perfecting the ordinary. If you can get people to do the basic things mm -hmm. and they do them every single day, that's the power of healing the human body. If you can get our entire nation, it's, it's incredible to me. And again, without getting too political here, mm -hmm. it's incredible to me now why some of the top leaders in this pandemic are not talking about the immune system. Right. Every night they should be saying, hey, listen, everybody, to boost your immune system, you need to work on your breathing, make sure you're getting enough water, and moving your body. Next, How long did that take? Five seconds? Three seconds, yeah. <laughs> so the next night, you say, okay, now, everybody, this is. I want you to eat an orange. You know, I want you to do – you can see how simple this is because people are like, oh, I'm going to do you – know, no, don't make this harder than it has to be. Mm -hmm. But I think that's that what we're looking at is like, yeah. oh, I need to quit eating. Then, oh, let's just start with this. Mm -hmm. And you build and build and build and build. And now you have a routine and a process that you can repeat over and over and over. Because okay. we all are a bundle of habits. Right. Everybody has their habits. I, first thing I sit down with people or doing events is like, tell me your habits. And you really, sometimes your head just spins like, that's really your habit of drinking two pots of coffee a day? Yeah, that's my habit. Your habit really is you only sleep four hours a night? Yeah, that's my habit. You can see, like, well, it's no wonder you have all these problems, you know, but you don't have to go down that path and tell them how, what a train wreck they are. But the point of it is, is this is what's going on out there, and we're making it a lot harder than it needs to be. It's a compounding effect. That's a book we did a couple of weeks ago. Last week, right? Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit each day. So many compound, compound interest. That's the, that's the magic. Recurring ideas that keep coming up in health, wealth, happiness, everything, business. It's always like doing the little things a lot and learning. And information, I think, is a big idea. It's taking away misinformation versus information. That's, I think, where the, the food target thing will come in really well, really handy. And I, think the, and I think one other thing, too, is you have to get people to change how they think. Mm-hmm. And so everybody has beliefs and Brian Moran talks a lot about beliefs, but what are the beliefs that you really, I mean, what is, what are the possibilities of creating this future you want? And we get in the way, you know, like the four minute mile, nobody thought you could run the four minute mile. So it's the same principles. Like, you know, I want to, I want to get off my cholesterol medication or my blood pressure medication or type two diabetes. And I'll say to them, do you believe you can do it? And they're like, I don't think that's possible. I'm like, well, let me just tell you, you know, this case study, this case study, this case study, all of them have got off these medications. Mm -hmm. Really? That's possible? Yeah. So that's how we begin. We change the mindset that, oh, this is possible. I have a woman that was 365 pounds. She started her journey at age 65. She lost almost 200 pounds, went from 16 meds to three meds beginning at age 65. So when you start planting those seeds, like, she actually did that? I'm like, yeah, she actually did that. And who mm -hmm. takes that step at age 65? Yeah. But when you plant that seed of possibility, now you get people to start thinking differently. And I think that's what gets exciting for people. Yeah, you see, you see others do it. 
That's a great message for that audience. That's a that's an audience that needs that message. Um, tell me, change yeah. gears a little bit. Uh, what's it like working with your family? You work with your kids every day. Seems like you got a. a oh, I you know I never envisioned working with my kids, but it just kind of slowly morphed. I remember my daughter thought I was a freak show <laughs> when she was in middle school, and now she's a registered dietitian yoga <laughs> guru. So. Um, it is interesting. My son runs our company. Um, they're twins. They're 34. Uh, they're fantastic. And uh, really, they, they help me, you know, stay fresh and engaged. And we have challenges here and there. Everybody, every business does, including the family. But I think we do a pretty good job of keeping, you know, my wife sometimes, she's part of the business too. It's like, do we need to really talk business today? So my son really does a great job of kind of having the line. When we walk out the door, we're done talking about business. Yeah. But for me, it's a little harder because that's kind of our MO. But uh, no, it's great. I, I, I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. I saw that when I, we were watching your stuff. I said, well, it's great to see your kids every day, like at some level. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I wouldn't change it for nothing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, anything um, you want to want to plug? Anything you're excited about that you want to let people know um, coming up? Or, well, I think you know for those of those you know your listeners, you know, check out our website. We have lots of vibrant, engaging information at our Ontario Living website. We have two podcasts that come out each month. Um, we have a nice team. We're very um, willing to share information and help people. So again, we're very accessible. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we're on a mission. And we're, we're on a mission to help, uh, you know, people get better. And uh, we're hurting right now. And we need to be, we need to be better. We need to change our whole mindset about healthcare because yeah. it's not working. And um, we have the, I always tell, you know, we talk a lot about you have the power. And that's really what people don't really understand is they do have the power to create a new future. And I've seen it every day of what we've done for the last 30 plus years that people do have the power. And they just have to take back their power. That's Absolutely. Awesome. I definitely feel more empowered than I did an hour ago. So thank you for that. I'm, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> yeah, don't beat yourself up. Don't worry about it. It's the, okay to venture into the red area of the food target here and there. The <laughs> pot of coffee comment was the last straw. I'm oh, like, <laughs> don't do it. I don't even want to know. <laughs> oh, man. But that's on target. Small baby living. steps. Remember, it's take, take small steps. That's key. That's it. Yeah, let's that's add it. things. Let's add, before we go after the coffee, let's add some lemon in the water because I'm already drinking plenty that's of water. That's correct. Lemon in the water. That's I don't right. Do that. That's what I'm going to add lemon in the water and breathing. And then uh, I'm going to try that cod liver oil. Those are the three. Try the I'm cod liver oil. Those are two. Three, those are three great steps, Terry. Those yeah. are fantastic. So cool. That's it. It's on targetliving.com. Correct. The website. Correct. All right. Chris Johnson. So if you're a business or you're an individual, you want to take it to another level with your health. I could talk to you for hours. There's so many more questions I have about, about the, uh, the micro uh, steps later on. That's where true mastery occurs. But getting started is what's important. So thanks, Chris, for joining us, and everything will be in the uh, meeting or the uh, the notes of the show. Cool. Thank you. No, thanks for spending time, guys. Appreciate it. You bet.